everybody. Good morning. It is the morning after with Nick and Big J. Welcome to the open of the show where we set the table for you, let you know what exactly is going on over the course of the next four hours on this very program. We introduce you professionally and personally to radio's Big J. Big J? Yep. And we ask Big J important questions like, how was his evening? Great. Yeah? How was the roadhouse? It was uh, delicious. Man, oh man. The rolls. The damn rolls in the cinnamon butter. It can't be that hard to make, right? Sure it can. I mean, it's just because it's... You know, I mean, you can at home, but they just don't come out. You know, they get they put it like a, I don't know if they roll those things on like a buttery thing, but they just come out so decadent. <laughs> roll them on a buttery thing. Yeah, you know, there's uh, in restaurants they have this <clears throat> this clarified butter thing that um, you've never seen that before. You've seen it before. I don't know what a clarified butter is even. You don't know what clarified butter is? I don't. God, I don't. It, to me, it just seems like they brush it with butter on top of the like a butter brush. Yeah, but it, they have a thing that they just roll it across and it does it. All right, uh, I, I'm sure you're right. Uh, but uh, one thing I, mean, I have you know discovered: what clarified butter is. You don't know anything. No, no, I don't know. Uh, I know they're good, uh, but I also know you have a, a, a. It's very interesting to me, but it's a common theme. Like if restaurants have really good bread, you're down. You love Red Lobster because oh, yeah. they're Cheddar Bay biscuits. Yeah. You love the Olive Garden because of their breadsticks. Uh, you love uh, you love the fact that you've got uh, the the butter and the rolls at Texas Roadhouse. It is a what? it is a common theme. Isn't that a common theme among most people? Well, I don't know. I really uh, well not if you're. I a, think if you're going to take a poll, if, if you're anti What are these things that you? Well, what I'm saying is like well, that's listen, if that's anti starch. Go home. <laughs> that's the thing that you look forward to the most when you're going to the restaurants. It's interesting to me. Uh, but either way, I'm glad you had a good time. Hopefully, your dad had a good birthday. Was it nice? Spend some time with the man. Sure. I mean, he said about eight words. I was trying to explain to him. We were talking about, my sister and I were talking about Disney Plus. We were trying to explain to him what that was. So, explaining to an 82-year-old about streaming is just, I just threw up my hands and go, it's a TV channel, Dad. Is he familiar with the internet? Not really. Okay. Kind of, probably. Yeah. It's going to be tough to explain what a streaming channel is if, if somebody. Yeah, so familiar. I realized the, fu- the, the, the how futile it was in my uh, trying to describe it to him, and I just said, "Yeah, it's a TV channel." Did he get it then? Yeah, he's like, "Oh, okay." Well, there you go. See, and you're not wrong. It's right. essentially what no, it is. No, you're right. Yep. So today on the show, an opportunity for you to win some cash. Hey, we're down to the last couple of days of the all cash twenty five thousand dollar X double dare. This thing wraps up on Friday, so. You have an opportunity to win some cash today. $200 is up for grabs. We've given away $200 two days in a row. That feels great. Another opportunity at 8.30. Big J's got a movie review of The King for you today over the course of the hour. And, of course, we're going to go to hell. You're invited to join us for that. And tickets to ministry up for grabs. Let's get started. Hey, what's going on in the news today? On the morning after with Nick and Big J. As we go along further in time, we have discovered that everything we know is wrong. For instance, you know, we've always known that dogs age differently than humans, yes? Yep. I think the standard operating procedure was, you know, for every one year of human years, it's eight years in dog years. Yes, or seven, depending on seven. who you talk to. Yeah, I don't, I've well, never heard eight before. Either way, you're wrong. It's not. 
Uh, and so uh, as they started to do a little bit more scientific evidence behind it, the University of California realized that it, as they looked to dog DNA over time, they've had to come up with a formula to figure out what your dog's age actually is. And it probably shouldn't surprise you that it completely and totally depends on the breed of your dog. That dog breeds age differently among each other. And you're going to need a calculator to come up with your actual age for your dogs. And the reality of it is dogs are way older than we think. So to figure out your dog's true age, you're going to need your breed. You're going to need to use a natural logarium calculator, which you can search for online. First, you type in your dog's age, you press enter, and then you multiply the number you get by 16, and then you add 31, and you have your dog's age in human years. Now, this shows that a two-year-old dog is about 42 years old in human years. Scientists acknowledge that the formula doesn't fully take into account the fact that different dog breeds age at different speeds, so there's Jesus. also that. But they say the new method is way more accurate than the old multiply by seven or whatever you've been told method. That the seven method is absolutely incorrect and not true no matter how old you are. So uh, no matter what you think your dog is, it's already older than what you actually think. But if you want a real honest-to-goodness breakdown, that's the way that you have to do it. So it's complicated. But at least it's somewhat accurate, I guess. Yeah, I'm just going to keep counting by seven. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you care that much to know how old your dog really is anyway. You just know he's old, right? So he's Yoda. Yeah, he's Yoda 50. age. He's 50. He's baby Yoda age. LSU is once again on top this week's edition of college football playoff rankings. Alabama stayed at number five, even though Tua's season-ending hip injury happened. And they lost, which is weird. I mean, it kind of shows you... I'm sorry. I mean, I just... I honestly believe the college football system will forever be broken. I mean, if you if you lose your starting quarterback and you lose a game and you don't move at all in the college football playoff rankings, what are we even doing? We might as well just put the four teams that you think you want in there at the beginning of the season in the playoffs and just call it a, a year, right? Sure. I mean, it doesn't make any sense to me. I'm willing to hear any other arguments as to why Alabama hasn't moved at all. I know they think LSU is good. But I think their defense is suspect, at the very least. And so you can't move. If you're not moving down after losses, I, I, don't, I don't understand it. And, and a significant loss to your quarterback position as well. Rest of the top four remain the same. Number two, Ohio State. Three, Clemson. And four, Georgia. Big J, in your opinion, what is the best football team in the country, college football-wise? Um, well, probably LSU. Okay. I think Ohio State would beat them if they were given the opportunity. Uh, I think like Ohio State seems like they have the inside track this year, but we It's will more than likely see. we'll probably find out. Probably, if all goes as planned. Uh, but, you know, you also can't sleep on Clemson. I mean, they've always been good. Last couple of years, they've gone to the championship, so you never know. There will be another Star Trek film in the J.J. Abrams universe, but it won't be done by J.J. Abrams. Paramount has nabbed Noah Hawley to write and direct the next Star Trek film, according to Deadline. If you may be familiar with the name, maybe you're familiar with the work. He is the showrunner and creator of a couple of shows called uh, Fargo and Legion on FX. And so uh, they have already signed on Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto, Zoe Solana, Simon Pegg, Carl Urban. They're all back. J.J. Abrams will also produce the movie. So he'll have a say in it, but it'll be the next adventure in the Star Trek universe. Excited, even though they're handing off the baton, Big J? Is this the Quentin Tarantino-written Star Trek? There will be no Quentin Tarantino-written Star Trek. Well, then I have no interest. That's what they're saying. That is what they're saying. Uh, You wouldn't be interested even if J.J. Abrams was back in? Well, he is back in. I'm out! All right. 
you're done with the Star Trek universe. It's good to know. Did you just I not was like barely in anyways? You didn't like the last movie? It was okay. Is that Into Darkness? Was that the last one? Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Well, I don't know. Morning After with Nick and Big J. Coming up in a few minutes, we're going to get you to send some nudes. Very stupid. There's your send nude song of the day. That is I'm a Stupid by Static X here on The Morning After with Nick and Big J. Yesterday, right around this time, I believe, Big J selected a movie to watch and review for you. It was called The King, a Netflix original. It looked to be a uh, kind of a medieval Game of Thronesy-esque movie with a bunch of stars in it, Big J. But how was it? Yeah, let's see. Uh, Timothy Charlemagne. Yep. Uh, not familiar with his work. You can uh, call him by your name. What's that? That's the name of the movie he was in. Call me by your name. Oh, okay. Uh, they've got Joel Edgerton, uh, Edger, Edgerton, Edgerton, uh, and and the Mission Impossible fans would probably recognize Sean Harris right away. So uh, there's the uh, the key players in this uh, movie and uh, about uh, King Henry the Fifth, who uh, the reluctant king uh, didn't want to be the king, and uh, he was kind of uh, left to do it. And and you know I'm not a uh, like. It's been a while since I've really delved deep into medieval history, Nick, so uh, I couldn't tell you how accurate this story is <laughs> from real events, but ba- it's obviously it's based on that somewhat as you have a transition of a king in England, uh, and you've got uh, warring uh, European countries with one another, and uh, that's kind of what you have in this. So <laughs> my first complaint about this movie was its length. I mean, it's two hours and 20 minutes. I will say this, the, uh, it, you know, I think one of the things when people realized that Netflix was going to start doing original movies and things like that was, uh, you know, what's the production value of these things going to look like? And they don't spare any expense when it comes to that. I mean, the cinematography is great. The music is is moving. I mean, there's a lot of uh, really, you know, epic movie kind of things that you're going to get out of this like you would if you had gone to the theater. Um, it's so it, it's one of those things. But, you know, they're just, it kind of trudges along because of the the runtime there's a lot of stuff in there that just is, is really kind of like uh, meandering i think the story wise in order to get where we get to the end um so I, I felt like there was just a lot of you know much like game of thrones when you have the versions of of the longer season and some of the interplay in the middle that is like it's not really that interesting to the overall story but they're trying to create some drama uh and those sort of things i think for the sake of creating it and you have some of that in this movie which i didn't really appreciate but is it uh what's the plot of the movie uh, the plot is uh, basically uh, that, that uh, you know King Henry the Fourth uh, dies. But before he dies, he really doesn't want uh, Henry, his his son, his oldest son, to have the crown because well, he's just a, a you know a playboy, you okay. know, and he, he just doesn't care about the politics and, and all of that sort of stuff. And, and and he ends up having to take the throne, and he wants to uh, mend all of the bridges that his father burned. And uh, then what you have is is a bunch of people. Uh, obviously and i mean this is this is a story as old as time where you know young king naive probably and a bunch of people who he are thinks are his advisors are really uh have their own agenda and they smell then, weakness and want to yeah well, not necessarily weakness but somebody that they can manipulate for their own ends gotcha. um you know they would rather be at war, at war and taking um france and so he doesn't really want to do that and then they plot against him to to get him involved in that and and i think you can see that in in you know unfortunately real events to this day um you can go back in recent history and see some of that so that's what you have in this movie and is it any good 
I mean, I think there are some good things. There's definitely some good acting in here. Um, like I said, if you don't mind some of the the, the drawn outness of, of the runtime, um, they could have cut a few things here and there to get to where they were going. I mean, it's okay. I'd but, rather watch Braveheart. Well, Braveheart's a fantastic Okay, film. well, there you go. Um, if we're going to be comparing movies and what's worth your time, just go watch Braveheart again. <laughs> But I mean, you can you can say that to a lot of movies. Sure, Braveheart's better. And than I do. Bar. But is it is it Big J approved? No, the king. Braveheart's approved. Well, of course, that goes without saying, though. Uh, and it, it is not worth your time, then. No, skip it. All skip right. the two hour or watch like uh, go watch the, the way uh, actors and, and directors don't want you to watch these movies, and that's fast forward through them. Wait, is that what you did? No, no, I had to watch it all. Uh, yeah, I mean, I have successfully avoided it thus far. I see I see it kept popping up on, like, the, you know, movies for... Because it's relatively new, so Netflix is pushing it pretty hard, but it didn't seem that interesting to me. And now yeah, I'm the music why. is really good. I really enjoyed that, but, I mean, it's just, you know, I'll never watch it again. Big J says, avoid the king. On the morning after with Nick and Big J. Recall alert! Recall alert! Recall alert! Should I do it again? Sure. Recall alert! Alert, alert! There is a voluntary recall for select varieties of Breakstone's cottage cheese. Why, Big J? Mm. Uh, some of these some of these containers of cottage cheese have pieces of metal and plastic in them. Delicious. At least six people have complained about the problem. Breakstone has announced the recall, which uh, uh, involves about 9,500 cases of its cottage cheese. If you eat or swallow the product, if it's contaminated, it can lead to injury to teeth, your mouth, your throat, your stomach, or your damn intestines. The following varieties have been affected. Uh, the 16-ounce, the 24-ounce, and the uh, the 4% milk fat small curd mm, cottage cheese. Milk fat. All three varieties have a best when used by date of December 10th, 2019. But this may be the first time ever that cottage cheese has been recalled. Because there's been actual pieces of cottage in cottage cheese. Metal and plastic in there. Look out, man. Look out. Damn. Are you a cottage cheese fan? Sometimes, sure. It's a mood thing. You know, go, you know, go through it. Why? You don't... No, no, no. I, I enjoy cottage. It has to be in, like, the right... It's a weird thing for me. I'm, and some people are going to think it's gross. I know. But uh, I like cottage cheese on, like, a salad. Does that make sense? Like with like, the, like in a regular old fashioned yeah, salad. Yeah, like a garden salad. You throw the cottage cheese on top and you mix it with the dressing. I think it's delicious. I've, I've never. It's called blue cheese dressing. Uh, no, no, because it's it's not it's not like uh, it's because blue cheese has got the ranch. Yeah, you should it. never tell anybody that ever again. I'm just saying. It's, that's how it's I like one it. of the grossest things I've ever heard. But I, I mean, I, I get people doing that. I'll but. go to it, but it has to be Thousand Island dressing. That's the only catch. It can't be any dressing. It has to be Thousand Island dressing. I'm telling you. Don't knock it till you tried it. But, like, if I go to a salad bar, I'll totally do that. I'll throw some cottage cheese on top of the salad, mix it all together. It's delicious. I mean, we all do weird stuff. <laughs> I know it's I weird. Mean, I know. I will admit, it is strange, but for some reason, it tastes good to me. Yeah, I like, you know, cottage cheese, a little garlic salt on there, some pepper. You just eat it, like, uh, in a bowl or something? Mm-hmm. Or is it a side dish yeah, or something? No, it's a, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it would. it's a good, healthy, uh, protein-packed snack, so... LSU is not as long as there's not chunks of metal and red plastic in it, right? I don't know. I'd, I'd be willing to try it. All right, dude. Good luck. 
LSU is once again this week's uh, top edition of the college football playoff rankings. Alabama State at number five. Uh, the rest of the top four remains the same. Nothing really changed. Number two, Ohio State. Three, Clemson. Number four, Georgia. Corey Taylor was asked in an interview uh, about the status of his Long in the Works solo album, which he has hinted at doing at over the years. And Taylor responded, quote, it's definitely going to be rock-based. It's going to be rock meets so many different things. He said there will be some harder-edge stuff, but there will also be some big, expansive, huge, world-changing guitar songs you're going to want to sing along to. That's just who I am. And I'm not going to fight who I am. I've got 26 songs written, and I'm not done yet. Taylor said that in the past that his solo uh, material doesn't work for Slipknot and it also doesn't work really that much for Stone Sour. I've got a lot of songs that I've written, man, that just A, don't fit in with either band, really, at the end of the day. And B, I know I have this album that I need to make. I'm the kind of guy that if I can't get that done, then it's going to hold me back from all this other stuff that I wanted to do. And so uh, I'm a Corey Taylor fan. I'm very excited for it. But, you know, I have this natural kind of assumption that it's got to sound like Stone Sour, right? Um, I mean, unless it's completely and totally a different genre. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because, I mean, Stone Sour and Slipknot, you can tell the differences clearly. Although there's some harder edge Stone Sour stuff, there is a very big difference between Stone Sour and Slipknot. I I mean, if you, I mean, listen, the Zizek Road is a Stone Sour song. Yes. So, I mean, you don't get more basic than just, you know, Corey Taylor and a piano. Exactly. And that's, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like, I mean, how much different can this sound? And for me not to go, is that Stone Sour? Are you sure? But, I, I mean, you know, then again, I, I suppose that, you know, with Stone Sour, Corey Taylor's not the only one writing the music there. There are other members in the band that all have a say in, you know, their particular parts on the album. Uh, Jim Root did back in the day, and so I'm sure they do that now. And now Corey Taylor just has complete creative control, which may be something that he enjoys. So, don't know when that's coming out, just know he's got a ton of songs for it. Jay, on 100.3, the X rocks. Sioux Falls, South Dakota is where we're going for today's We're Going to Hell story. There, 24-year-old Bismarck Roberts finds himself in the news. Think he gets in trouble for being named after a North Dakotan city, Big J? Probably made fun of a lot. South Dakota? Either way, it was about 2.30 in the morning on Monday when Bismarck was going to his car on 11th Street and Mall Avenue. And decided, you know what, now's a good time to take my gun out of my pocket. And he huh. accidentally discharged it, Big J. Way to be safe, pal. Never a good thing. Here's the good news. He didn't hurt himself somehow. He ended up uh, shooting a hole through his pants, like through the pocket of his pants. Oh. But did not end up injuring himself at all, which is pretty amazing when you think about it. But, of course, uh, you know, a bunch of people heard the gunshot officers in the area among them and responded to the scene. Uh, They found Roberts there kind of sitting by his car, thinking he was injured, but he actually wasn't. Uh, And that's when, like, we should probably see what's going on here. Police gave him a breathalyzer test. Big J, do you think he was intoxicated? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was. He, uh, he blew a .25, which is almost three times. How is he upright? The legal limit. For driving. Uh, so he uh, ended up getting booked on illegal discharge of a weapon, uh, possession of a loaded firearm while intoxicated, reckless endangerment, all sorts of stuff was charged up. And then police say they uh, they took him back to the district downtown and decided to do a drug test just to see if there's any other things involved. 
in his system, and they weren't sure if Meth played a charge. But there be that's quite the addition to the I'm on it campaign. Yeah, that they uh, just announced. <laughs> you can change that to crunking it. <laughs> if he was hammered and on Meth, he definitely was on it when he accidentally discharged his weapon. I mean, he's living his best life. <laughs> uh, thankfully, nobody was injured, including the very, very drunk man that possibly was on meth as well. Uh, but the good news is the officers were on it. They were right on the scene. And they got to it right away. Made sure nobody else was hurt, and they got the drunkard away. Step away from the vehicle, sir. Wow. So, Lucky don't... nobody got hurt, man. Very, very lucky. Uh, I don't know how busy Sioux Falls, South Dakota is at 2.30 in the morning on a Monday, though. May have been pretty scarce, but still, things could go wrong, without a doubt. So, don't drink, and then discharge your weapon on accident. Please. Yeah, that's not... You shouldn't be putting those two together. And stay away from meth, too, if that happens to be part of the equation. Let's do that as well. There's your We're Going to Hell story. It is the morning after with Nick and Big J. The world is changing. Details next on the x Rock. That is Disturbed. That is Down with the Sickness here on The Morning After with Nick and Big J. Big J, you have been on the record. You hate little children. You don't want them? I hate them. I hate kids. You don't want them around That's not accurate. They're very annoying. You've never really... I mean, you have two daughters, of course. But you never really wanted a little Big J running around, correct? I mean, I wouldn't have, like, sent him off to boarding school or something. <laughs> right, but it was never something you had tried for, correct? Yes. Uh, you did not want uh, to have children, uh, especially at this particular time in your life. And you still don't want to have children, right? Well, no, man. I'm old. Right. And so for a majority of our lives, for the most part, if you were in a somewhat committed relationship and you decided that together you guys did not want to have children, the, uh, you know... Getting pregnant or the birth control side of things often fell on the woman. Birth control pills, shots that you can mm-hmm. take, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, of course, we have the, the condom side of things. But uh, there is something coming very soon, Big J, that could put the, I guess, burden a little bit more on the male shoulders, which where it hasn't been over the last couple of years, according to some Indian researchers. They have a government-funded biomedical research agency, and they have successfully completed a clinical trial of a male contraceptive, Big Day. The product is ready. They need approvals from the government here in the United States still to make it happen. But the senior scientist told the Indian news outlet that the trials are over, including extended phase three clinical trials in which 3,000 candidates were recruited and it had a 99.8% success rate, no reported side effects at all. That's a pretty good success rate, Big J. Yeah, that, I mean, that's going to put um, daytime TV drama shows to an end. Uh, the product can safely be called the world's first male contraceptive. The birth control method, which will last 13 years, Big J, when you have it. 13 years? Yep. Wow. It, it is injected into you, and it involves injecting a polymer called a styrene maleatic andranahyde. It is a bunch wait, of... Wait. Di- what? Where is it injected at? It was injected into your junk, of course. Oh, God. But what it does is it effectively effectively blocks sperm from leaving the testicles. Now, the shot is also preceded by a dose of anesthesia. uh, And it's designed to supplant supplant a traditional vasectomy and also something that is not nearly as permanent. I mean, you obviously have to go in knowing, hey, listen, for the next 13 years, I'm not having a kid. 
that's the way this is happening. You understand? Right. And so I feel like it's probably something for those in our age bracket, like in their 40s, something like that, where you're like, listen, I don't want an accident to happen, uh, but I don't think I need to get a vasectomy. One shot will do me just fine. Uh, but it's entirely up to you. Although they certainly would be, I'm sure, open to people going, you know what? I'm 18. I don't want to have a kid till I'm 30. Let me get a shot in my junk and see what happens. Ooh, I would see. I would think there would be some sort of, you know, standard kind of rules for that sort of thing, right? What would you mean? Well, like, you know, a lot of doctor's offices, you know, they don't want to give you vasectomies if you haven't had kids yet. Sure. That sort of thing. Sure. Uh, there, yeah, there's lots of, there, I'm just like anything, I'm sure that there's a bunch of, you know, discussion and clinical things that go into deciding whether or not this is right for you, but it is an option and it's a less permanent option than a vasectomy, which of course can be reversed too. There's nothing permanent about that if you don't want them to be. Right. The difference is one's a procedure, the other's a shot. And there is, of course, a male contraceptive pill that exists. Although that success rate is a little bit lower, it's down to about 94, 95%. And you're looking at probably 10 years still until the pill's on the market. So the question becomes, Big J, is a shot in the junk worth it? No side effects. They haven't seen no side effects so far. Yeah, I would guess if you could get over that whole uh And you got anesthesia, procedure. so you don't feel it. You know what I mean? You I mean, don't think it matters. You feel it in your brain. Wait, what? Yeah, you know that there's a big, huge needle coming your way right there. It's going to be messing with you. Well, I mean, bit. is it any different than like a flu shot? You know, that's in your I backyard. don't usually get flu shots in my junk. No, it's okay? true. But what I'm saying is they're not gigantic needles. It's I not don't like know this. comically huge thing. It's a pretty small injection, they said. It's not a whole very... I mean, they don't need a gigantic needle in 25 minutes. But it, it certainly is not for everybody. That is for sure. All they're saying is it's going to be greenlit pretty soon, and you're going to have the option to do it and take it if you want it. So you just have to deal with, yeah, a shot in your junk, which is a big mental hurdle to, hurdle to be sure. But if you can clear it, it's coming. On the morning after with Nick and Big J. Beer fight. We got a beer fight, Big J. Oh, man. Between a Boise-based brewery and a very large brewery. Basically, uh, the Edge Brewing Company here in Boise is wanting people to know that they are not affiliated with a new Miller's Coors non-alcoholic beer that has been released. This November, Miller Coors released a product called Coors Edge, which is their non-alcoholic lager. And the logo for Coors Edge looks a hell of a lot like the logo for Edge Brewing here in Boise, which has been open since 2013. The word Edge is kind of etched in the same font, which makes the two logos look pretty similar. And Edge Brewing wants customers to know that there is zero affiliation between the two companies. Now, of course, uh, it's one of those deals where Edge has been around for a while. Their logo really hasn't changed since when they started up in 2013. But here's where it starts to get complicated, Big J. Right now, Edge Brewing says they're not going to be taking any legal action against Miller Coors, partly because costly attorney fees aren't exactly in their budget. Costs a lot of money to go after a big company, you understand? Yeah, that has big pockets. But it's also possible that Edge Brewing may not have a case. See, uh, according to a patent attorney, Miller Coors has trademarked Coors Edge, which means somebody in the very high-up world of patent law has already taken a look at this logo and other logos like it and has basically said it's different enough to give Coors the trademark for. 
So Coors Edge is trademarked. I don't think Edge has a whole lot of leg to stand on. Unfortunately, if a trademark uh, judge has already given the uh, the Coors Edge the okay, the best they can do, I think, is just say, hey, listen, this is who we are. We're, we're, we're Boise Brewing Companies, Edge Brewing, and so we don't have ourselves any affiliation with that, and that may be the only fight they have. So, uh, according to the patent attorney, they can assume that the trademark office believes that both brands can coexist without causing any conflict. Otherwise, they wouldn't have trademarked it as it was. So, that's where it starts to get really complicated. But real lame. Yeah, it does kind I of mean, suck, it's, right? I mean, it's lame. Why? You, you've got at your, at your fingertips probably hundreds of graphic artists who do your marketing and materials things, and you have to... It's pretty blatant ripoff, man. Yeah, it is. Um, and, and, of course, what it's missing is the, uh, well, I mean, what the Edge one is, it doesn't have is the Coors on top of it. Right, or the hops that's involved yeah. in the logo sometimes So with Edge. it's just like, I mean, seriously? Who who designed that and thought, you know, there was no way they could not have seen the Edge Brewings Yeah, it's, it's it, we were talking about this off the air, but it's the same as that barbecue company that ripped off Barbecue for Life here locally yeah, as well. Yeah, Dickies. It's the same. It's the same kind of thing. Like the you know the barbecue for life guys and gals used that logo forever based on the real tattoos on his hand, and then Dickies went ahead and grabbed it for. Now this is different though. Dickies just kind of used it on some promotional stuff. They didn't brand something calling it barbecue for life kind yeah. of deal. So there is a difference there. They didn't release a product, you know, based on that particular thing. But it is one of those deals where man, it's got to be frustrating to uh, to realize that crap, I don't have a legal end, leg to stand on, and it's basically a blatant ripoff. But then again, the, if there's any consolation to it, it's like, you know, even if you're the best-selling non-alcoholic beer in the world, is it really that big of a deal? <laughs> the answer is probably not, but frustrating for sure to Edge Brewing, who has some fantastic brew and great food, by the way. LSU is once again atop this week's edition of college football playoff rankings. Alabama staying at number five in the wake of Tua's injury and their loss to LSU. The rest of the top four remain the same too. Ohio State, Clemson, and Georgia. So nothing has changed when this whole thing came out. Amelia Clark, Big J, the queen of dragons, or the mother of dragons, I should say, is starting to open up a little bit about the pressure to uh, be naked. During her eight seasons on HBO's blockbuster Game of Thrones, and this is not going to make Game of Thrones look good at all, just so you know. Uh, Clark was talking to Dak Shepard on his podcast, and she was talking about how, you know, uh, when she first started out in Game of Thrones, she was not comfortable with the nudity that was involved in the show. While she went on the record during the show's production about being okay with it because Game of Thrones is one of those shows where, yeah, you know what, ladies were naked, but so were dudes. So they had an equal opportunity for men and women to be naked. She, uh, looking back on it now, was like, yeah, probably not the coolest thing in the world because I was fresh out of drama school. It was my first real gig. I saw it in the script, and I was like, you know what? If I want to be something and do something, uh, I need to do this. And she really wasn't comfortable with it, but she did it anyway. And then she said what, what has made it worse is the opportunity for her to do roles outside of Game of Thrones since the show has ended has, you know, involved a lot of her possibly doing some more nudity, which she already is not comfortable with. And she gets a lot of lines like, hey, you know, like producers, directors and stuff have been telling her like, hey, you got naked in Game of Thrones. Why can't you do that again? Or you don't want to disappoint your Game of Thrones fans. And she's like, hey, bleep you, man. (laughs) That was your problem. That's how any of this works. Yeah. 
Uh, she did credit her co-star Jason Momoa with her decision to create more boundaries on the set. As they were filming season one and they were doing things together, he's like, hey, don't ever do anything you're not comfortable with. If any of the stuff that, that we're doing or that we're filming is uncomfortable, tell somebody. You've got to. Yeah, easy for him to say, though. Right. 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 I mean, he... he but I think it was one but, of those deals where he was just saying, hey, listen, if you don't want to do this this way, we don't have to. You just tell them and uh, whatever you want to do. Nobody wants to yeah. make you uncomfortable. Which is probably hard to say when you're first starting out in this goofy business and you want to I be mean, a star. Here's the thing, because we're two dudes, obviously. Right. Uh, we like nudity. We like hot ladies nude, I would imagine. Does it really add anything to the show? Hell no. Oh, no, no. Does it matter? It, would that is that like, oh, hey, I heard this hot chick is nude in this TV show. I'm going to go watch it. There, I mean, there was a ridiculous amount of nudity in Game of Thrones. A, an exorbitant amount, an unnecessary amount of nudity in Game of Thrones. None of that was why I enjoyed the show at all. At all. Yeah. I, I mean, literally, the, most of the nudity came in the, the brothels part of the show, which were completely unnecessary. Yeah, really uncomfortable when you're watching it with your kids. Yeah, well, I mean, nobody said Game of Thrones is a family show, Big J. But, well, uh, it was a very family show if you... Your family, yes. But no, there, any family. There is a lot of nudity Most in it. Most of the families in the show. Wait, what? Never mind. Uh, well, no, there's a lot of family stuff going on in that show for sure that families should not be doing. Uh, but, you know, it, it is one of those deals where, yeah, it didn't it didn't add a whole hell of a lot to it at all, so you could understand. But you could also understand the pressure a young actress would be under in something like that, and it's just it's unfortunate. So. Yeah, it's too bad. Uh, luckily, she's at a point now where she can kind of point to this thing and go, hey, this, this, these are the kind of movies I'm going to do, and these are the kind of roles that I want, and good for her. $25,000 Double Dare on 100.3 VX Rocks. This contest goes through Friday, so you only have a couple of days left to win yourself some money in the all-cash $25,000 X Double Dare. And we have a gentleman on the phone that is getting ready to do so. His name is Shandel God. I hope I'm saying that right. Am I? Uh, I took an L on the end instead of an L, but close enough. Shando, all right. Shando. Got- Your real name? What? My mom, yeah, my mom was a hippie. My brothers and sisters have regular names. She would have been at Woodstock, but she was having me. All right, Shando. I like it, man. <laughs> Hopefully, we can get you some $200 in your pocket. you got a couple of categories to choose from. It's all double or nothing until you get to $200. We wish you luck. What are the categories, Big J? Coffee chains and must-see TV. All right, my friend. What's it going to be? I'll go with must-see TV. Okay. All right, $50. This sitcom about a stand-up comedian and his three friends was a show about nothing and was a staple of must-see TV on NBC in the 90s. Right. Correct. That is correct. $50 in your pocket, Shando, so you can have that and walk away, and that's cool, or you can try to risk it and go for $100 with a question that might be a little bit more difficult. I'll go for the $100. Okay. All right, this sitcom starring Kelsey Grammer was a spinoff of Cheers and part of the must-see TV lineup in the late 90s. Frazier. Right. Yeah. That is $100 in your pocket, dude. That is pretty good money. You can also take that and walk away, or you can try for the $200 question, which is the most difficult of the bunch. What would you like to do? Uh, let's go for one more. All right, dude. All right. For 200 bucks, this sitcom starring Paul Reiser and Helen Hunt actually kicked off must-see TV promotion in 1993. Shando. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> what um, uh, yeah. I should have taken the 100. 
Anything, Shando? No. Oh, man. Oh, I remember a sitcom with Aaron Hurt. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I'm sorry you didn't get anything. What was the answer, Big J? Uh, mad about you. Mad about you. Was and that's why, because it was like some lovey-dovey one. <laughs> Yeah, they, they just, I think, had like an anniversary or something. Both of them were on Ellen, okay. uh, and Ellen uh, was, was, was started a few episodes, and she didn't even remember being on the show. My God. Well, Shando, thank you for playing. Sorry we couldn't give you any money today, man. Uh, thank you for hanging out with us, though. 12.30 today with Jason Drew, 4.30 today with Adam. Your next chance to win yourself some cash. The Helen Hunt sitcom does them in again. Nobody remembers Mad About You. Remember they were going to reboot that like two years ago? Mm -mm, I don't remember that either. I don't think Shanda would have watched it. Morning After with Nick and Big J. We'll do some pop culture smackdown next on the X. On the Morning After with Nick and Big J. Yeah, let's uh, let's get you set up here with some tickets. Uh, We've got Ministry coming to town on Saturday at the Rev Center. Uh, Coming with them is uh, Phil Osamo, formerly, of course, of Pantera, Super Joint Ritual. uh, And uh, down, he will be with the Illegals. It's going to be a hell of a show. We'll get you set up if you can beat Nick here in Pop Culture Smackdown. Good luck. 208-287-1003 is the phone number if you would like to play for these tickets. Big J's got the questions. Hopefully you have the answers. Let's go to the phones. Good morning, the X. Good morning. What's up, brother? What's your name? Fritz. All right, my friends. Good luck. What number would a baker's dozen refer to? 13. Right. That's correct. Happy birthday, Emily. Uh, Nick, what is considered the hottest... <laughs> what is considered the hottest pepper in the world? <sighs> you want options? Well, l- l- let me. Okay, so I- I'm thinking Carolina Reaper, Ghost. I'm going to say Carolina Reaper. That is correct. Oh! Right. <laughs> I really wish you would have taken the options because it would have confused you. Oh, really? What would they have done? Scotch Bonnet, Habanero, and Carolina Reaper. I would have went after Carolina Reaper. I doubt it. Uh, what popular soft drink once actually contained cocaine? Yes, Coca-Cola. Nick, which video game company originally brought Pac-Man to home consoles? Ooh, uh, to home consoles? Um, well, would it be Atari? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Seems like you're asking a question within it. I wasn't sure if it was ColecoVision or what. What are the professions of Mario and his brother Luigi? Plumbers. Right. They're plumbers, exactly. Uh, let's see. Nick, what is the name of the actress who played Hermione in the Harry Potter series of movies? Emma Watson. Yeah, I made these too easy, right. damn it. Uh, what newspaper does Superman's alter ego Clark Kent work for? Why are you laughing? You. I'll give you options. Options. Daily Planet, Gotham Times, or the Metropolis Gazette. Daily Planet. Right. There you go. Nick, the original street design for Liberty City and Grand Theft Auto was based on what real-life metropolis? Miami? No, that's Vice City. Crap. It's wrong, right? Yep. That's wrong. wrong. Liberty City. Is it Chicago? Nope. Oh, damn. New what? York City. All right. Right. I should have known that. So obvious. What an idiot. Yeah, you are. Congratulations. Uh, you got yourself tickets yeah. to Ministry and Phil Anselmo coming up on Saturday. Dude, you earned them. Hang on one second. We'll get some information from you. Make sure you're all set and good to go. That's your Pop Culture Smackdown. Coming up, we got some headlines. Let's do a little bit of traffic. On the morning after with Nick and Big J.
Headlines are as follows, Big J, beware. Love is like breadsticks, unlimited, and we can have nice things. Beware. If a place is listed as haunted, maybe you probably don't stay there. Airbnb CNO Brian Chensky has opened up about the weirdest complaint the user has ever made. He said a, cons- a customer once requested a refund because the house they stayed in was haunted and had a ghost. Now, Chensky says from there, his team had to verify the claim with the host and assumed that he would just go, no, what the hell is this guy talking about? Ghost. But the host then confirmed that, yeah, no, no, there's definitely a ghost in my house. And his name was Stanley. Stanley the ghost, we call him. And guests then clarified that they had booked the Airbnb because of the ghost. But then because the host harassed, the ghost harassed them all night and they didn't get any sleep, they wanted a refund. No. And so Brian Chensky said, yeah, pound sand, man. You don't book a place at a haunted hotel that says we have a ghost or a haunted Airbnb and it says we have a ghost. You book the, the B&B because it has a ghost and then get upset because the ghost kept you up. And you want to piss off the place that has the ghost in it? Right. Like, what happens if that sucker follows you, you idiots? Yeah, spirits can attach themselves to you, dude. Yeah, negative energy is what they really want to get. So he did not get his money back, but that is weird. Like, why? It sounds like you got exactly what you wanted. And then you're upset about it? People are weird, Big J. Love is like breadsticks unlimited, or we can't have nice things. Love is like a breadstick. Most people don't equate their love to the Olive Garden, but Samantha Roberts and Jeff Guyland of Michigan aren't like most people. The couple is engaged, and they base their entire wedding menu on their love of Olive Garden. God the, bless them. The two say the chain plays a nostalgic role in both of their lives, and they went there often when they were dating back in 2007. Uh, the gentleman in the relationship even won the God Olive Garden's pasta passport trip to Italy, which is where he proposed to Roberts. The two tied the knot in September 2019. It even included a late-night breadstick bar for guests to chow down on. Each wedding guest got a was gifted a pasta pass for nine weeks of unlimited pasta, sauce, soup, salad, and breadsticks as well. Each guest got a pasta pass. What man? It might. I had to have been a small wedding, right? I, I don't mean, know. That's crazy. That's nine weeks of unlimited Olive Garden. That can't be cheap. <laughs> Listen to me. <laughs> Listen to you. Know so much about it. Well, I mean, it's what, a, it's what a pasta pass is. Yeah, but who knows how many weeks it lasts? It says right in the story, nine weeks. Yeah. I didn't know unless it said it in the story. But that's nine weeks. It's got to be a lot of money. Probably two to three hundred bucks. A person? Get out of here. I mean, you got to give a gym membership away with that. <laughs> Wrap it up with, we can't have nice things. You may or may not be aware that this weekend in theaters... There is a movie based on the life of Fred Rogers. Tom Hanks plays him in the movie. It is called A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. Uh, And of course, we live in a current world where everything that we know and love has to be either twisted, transformed, or destroyed, Big J. Yeah. Which is why Wood Rocket have decided to do it again. Uh, Because there is now a porn parody of Mr. Rogers. And if you think you're going to be, there's a bunch of genitalia puns in there, the likes of which you never thought possible. And they'll take riding the trolley to Imagination Land (laughs) uh, to a whole new level. Oh, my God. It's too much, man. And the trolley is shaped like testicles, Big J. There's nothing sacred. And the, uh, the nice old Mr. Rogers is gone. 
Uh, this house belongs to a much, much dirtier named man, and he is doing things very differently, although the sweater stays on the whole porn parody. Oh, God. Uh, it's on the internet. Mr. McFeely is now a woman. That's some of the changes. And her name is Mrs. Blank Feely. You can get the pun right. Not McFeely, but it rhymes hmm. with McFeely. Uh, because she likes to feel things. Right. And right. Uh, so if you have any of your childhood left to ruin, you can feel free to click over and watch the porn parody of Mr. Rogers. But there's something, I mean, like, listen, I, I, there's always been something really weird to me about them porn paradizing children's properties. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, it's super creepy. Like the Flintstones ones and the, all that kind of stuff. It's just like the Simpsons. It's all oh, like, what uh, are we doing? Don't forget Scooby-Doo. Yeah, what are we doing? Why Why is that a thing? I mean, this, these are kids' shows. There should be some sort of Yeah, lines. when you were a kid, you shouldn't have been thinking about that stuff. Thank you. And certainly, even as an adult, you shouldn't be going, God, Mr. Rogers is hot. But Velma. Let's get it on. Morning After with Nick and Big J. There's your headlines. You're up to date on everything. Your bad impressions are next. I'm not impressed. Morning After with Nick and Big J on 100.3 The X. Hey, we got we got more tickets to ministry to give out. And that show is happening Saturday at the Rev Center. Phil and Salmo and the Illegals coming. You just need to figure out bad impressions here. And it's a fictional character today, Nick. Oh, man. You Sometimes love Sometimes these are easy. Sometimes they're difficult. You love them. But either way, three clues will be given to you that'll point towards a fictional character. And if you can figure out who that character is, then you're going to go check out Ministry and Phil Anselmo on Saturday night at the Rev Center, 208-287-1003. Let's head to the phones. Good morning, The X. Good morning. How is everybody? We're hanging in there, man. What's your name? Jerry. All right, Jerry. Good luck. All right. Remember, a fictional character here, okay? Yes, sir. Jerry, remember, it's a fictional character. Yeah. The latest adaptation of my life earned $1 billion at the box office. Uh, next. Mark Hamill has voiced me in cartoon versions. Uh, the next one. Jack Nicholson, Jared Leto, and Heath Ledger have all played me in the movies. The Joker. The, the Joker! Joker is correct. Hang <laughs> on one second. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Hang on, Jerry. Let's get some information from you. We'll hook you up with those ministry tickets for sure. Why in God's name is the Joker in the news again? All right. It's official. It's officially official. Uh, there is going to be a sequel to the Joker, as if we already didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, you can't, even as, as great as it is as a one-off, the movie can't make the money that it did and not expect them to go back to that. Yeah, way. yeah, that would be impossible. And, you know, uh, and it's something that they had probably already considered, uh, just depending on how there was an option for uh, Joaquin to do a second movie. Mm-hmm. And he seemed really interested. He thought that there was more room for the character to grow. Uh, boy, it's I can't even imagine what a sequel would be like. I don't know where they go. I don't know. I mean, especially if what we think about the movie is the way that it is, where, where that next step goes, I don't... I don't even know. I, I think if, if they don't try to get and, and just take it a movie by movie, you know, take it Bill Belichick style, the next game, we're on to the next game, and not worry about the uh, a trilogy or anything, they can probably pull it off. Yeah, I think so. You know? Well, I mean, here's the thing. You can't, I don't think you can do this and and worry about Batman. I don't think you can I think you have to like dig, do whatever adventure you do. You're following the Joker and maybe his rise to becoming a kingpin or something because Batman's too young. Well, or they got to flush out 
what you know we don't want to i guess by now it's okay spoilers right well um depends on what you're gonna say. I, I, well i'm just gonna say there, there's a lot left to flush out from the uh, end yes. of the uh, joker movie so absolutely you might not even have to get into any of that stuff yet right uh also todd phillips uh has been talking with the folks at warner brothers and dc about creating some origin stories for some of the other villains in the world we get a dark riddler uh origin story or how the penguin yeah. uh how, ah. did he, how did he become a penguin uh, all these things i mean although uh tim burton's origin story of the penguin is pretty damn dark as it is yeah but it's weird i mean he's an orphan that was <laughs> abandoned in the sewers raised by penguins i uh danny i mean oh god <laughs> uh batman returns what a treat morning after with nick and big ah. there's your bad impressions we'll wrap up the show here next to the x that is corn. You'll never find me wrapping up the morning after with Nick and Big J on this, the 20th day of November, 2019. Thank you for spending your Wednesday morning with us. Did not have a chance to give away some cash today in the all cash $25,000 double dare. Tripped going across the goal line, heading for the $200 question, and it was mad about you that cost our friend $200. Yep. So, uh, another reason to forever hate that show. You ever watch any of that? The Mad About mad You about, stuff? Yeah, yeah, man. You liked it? Yeah, I, I didn't care one way or the other. I mean, I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it either. Well, you cared enough to watch it, I guess, Well, right? it was must-see TV, okay? Well, it kicked off must-see TV. It was the very first show in the uh, in the block, and the first show they ever used to promote it. So, advertising works. Big J will tell you, right? Thumbs oh, up? Oh, yeah, every time. Uh, and, of course, we also had a chance to talk about male birth control. Big J's not into it. And he doesn't what? want to have any... Ch- well, you said you weren't going to do it, right? You, your brain would, wouldn't be okay with getting the shot in your junk. Oh, yeah, that would be very difficult. There you go. And, of course, we also had a chance to talk a little bit about the fun <laughs> that is Beer Wars. So thank you for joining us this morning. Tomorrow on the show, another opportunity for somebody to win some cash as we look to wind up the all-cash $25,000 X Double Dare. That'll be happening at 830. Additional chance in ministry and fill in Salmo tickets. That's happening for sure. And Big J will give you a nerd alert for your Thursday, too. That leaves you with the floor, sir. What do you want to talk about? Ah, nothing in particular. I don't know why you forced me to say something. And then you walk away from the microphone. I give you your 45 seconds. That's the rule. What rule? I mean, we didn't even talk about this rule yeah. becoming a thing. It was established. It was not established. It was? Yeah. Well, I wasn't at that meeting. You were right Nobody here on the, on, me. on the radio. Oh. Let's have a meeting. No, I'm talking about meetings. I've okay. got a meeting right after the show. There as a you go. Fact. See? I'll show you up real fast. So we will see you tomorrow. Mr. Jason Drew is up next. It is the X-Rock.